Next on BYU Sports Nation, history in the making for BYU running back Jamal Williams. What kind of legacy do you expect him to leave? ESPN's Trevor Manich on the matchup with Michigan State and where Jamal Williams fits among the nation's best. Plus, what was the craziest thing BYU football head coach Kalani Satake saw on Friday night? Our Saturday interview with the head ball coach. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Monday, October 3rd. Wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who is one day away, potentially, from having grass in his yard. Now, here's the thing, and, and we talked about, would BYU get into the Big 12 first, or would I have grass in my yard? I'm getting grass in the front yard only. Jerem Jordan is getting grass in his yard, in people. In the front yard Woo! only. The, the back, that means BYU's halfway into the Big 12, so they're in the Big <laughs> 6. No, I'm just kidding. The backyard, we've had some milkweeds, as we talked about. And so I poured some super concentrate Roundup on these bad boys. They mm-hmm. still kind of pop up. It's going to take six months before these spots are able to grow grass. So we got to wait till the spring, which is fine. Which Those is fine. Blasted milkweeds. Yeah. It's all, it's all good, though. It's all good. You've had a great weekend leading up to grass in half of your yard tomorrow. I hadn't even uh, thought about that because there was so much to consume from the weekend. Uh, great game from Brigham, which we'll break down, of course. Uh, Saturday, a full day. Obviously, uh, LDS General Conference was fantastic. And all these games, my Seahawks won. They're 3-1 and one now, which is awesome news. They have a bye this week. So it was a great weekend. Jerem Jordan's Seahawks. I ate Jello <laughs> and funeral potatoes. Oh, my goodness. Over the weekend, I had salmon Friday night. It was awesome. It was it was a great weekend. You Actually, know what? sorry, Saturday afternoon. It's awesome to do a Saturday morning show after a late Friday game when BYU wins. Listen, you just got to buck up and do it. You know? Yeah. You just got to. It's so much better when they win, though. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, trust me. The 4-0 ranked 19th Taysom Hill injury at Utah State a couple years ago. That was the hardest show we've ever had. Absolutely. It's a little easier when Jamal Williams is running for like 8,000 yards against Toledo. Pretty much. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Speaking of Jamal Williams and BYU football, the Cougars in an absolute classic, an all-timer, beat Toledo 55-53 shootout whack-style game on Friday night. Rhett Allman kicked the game-winning 19-yard field goal as time expired to let the Cougars to a 2-3 and record, making both wins this season off of the foot of a kicker at the buzzer by two points. Next up for BYU-Michigan State, East Lansing on Saturday. That game set for 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain Time on either ABC or ESPN2. Depends where you live, but it will be on uh, one of those channels. Jamal Williams set the BYU all-time single-game rushing record with 286 yards and tied the single-game touchdown record with five against Toledo. Here's what head coach Kalani Satake said about Jamal Fence Friday night. I think you talk to Jamal and he'll tell you that it's not him. I mean, you, you saw some of the holes that were out there in the blocking and from all, all 10 guys on the field, from receivers, tight ends, fullbacks, and definitely O-line, they did a great job. But it, it was really nice to see Jamal do what he did last night, and that's when he's at his best. More from that interview, and in fact, the entire interview with Kalani Satake on our Saturday show. If you missed it, no worries. We'll replay the entire Kalani Satake interview coming up. Uh, later on in the show. There's the offense, 
the defense, and the Jamal fence. J- the Jamal fence has been pretty good. <laughs> that needs it was to be unbelievable th- Friday. Again, we need to find who we need to go back and find the tweet about the person who started that because that that really is genius. It's, it's not about who starts it; it's about who copyrights it. <laughs> Are we trying to copyright that? We probably should. Jimmer Fredette of the Shanghai Sharks scored thirty three points, had eight rebounds and eight assists last night in an NBA exhibition game against the Houston Rockets. So BYU beats the Rockets twice. He hit a half-court buzzer beater a la BYU-Utah at the Huntsman Center back in 2011 at the end of the third quarter. It was fun to watch him play on an NBA floor and be the guy. He's clearly the guy for his team. I would hope so. Fun to watch him get buckets. He got buckets, man. That was cool, yeah. Third-ranked women's soccer plays a rare Monday night game. Check it out tonight, 7.30 Eastern time at Southfield on BYU TV. It's against San Francisco. Spencer Linton on the call. I may or may not have been up until 2.30 in the morning preparing for that game. (laughs) 2.30, huh? Wow. (laughs) It was a busy weekend, right? It was a busy weekend, but totally worth it. Winning. Also, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. History in the making. Awfully quiet night for Kurtz. Williams has made most of the noise. Here comes some more noise. Down the sideline. He's got one rocket to beat. Still going. Touchdown! Are you kidding me? 62 yards. He's over 200 on the night. Dave McCann of BYU TV's Game Day Replay on the call. And no, Blaine Fowler, I am not kidding you. Jamal Williams did something on Friday night that BYU fans, players, coaches, and alumni have never seen on a football field. 286 rushing yards in one game, five touchdowns, breaking Eldon the Phantom Forti's 54-year-old record. Wow. So what now? How has this affected his legacy and what you expect from Jamal through the rest of the season? Our Twitter question is this. At the end of the season, what will people be saying about Jamal Williams? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Kip Kent. Greatest rusher in BYU history, future NFL running back, and Heisman Trophy candidate without blue goggles on. Well, I think that there are some blue there, uh, goggles on there. There's some blue goggles on there, yeah. yeah. Use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. It'd be fantastic to have him as a Doak Walker Award finalist, though. Oh, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. BYU, of course, has one Doak Walker Award winner, and that was Luke Staley in 2001. Fifteen years ago. Time for some fun with numbers to profile just how exceptional Jamal Williams has been. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Jamal Williams is second in the NCAA in total rushing yards. 703. That's pretty good. After the first five weeks of the season, and given the competition that BYU's played, that's been a tough strength of schedule. What did Sagarin say? Number seven? Number seven. Number seven in the country in strength of schedule so far. So just think if BYU was playing the old Mountain West or WAC schedule, He'd probably be first. I don't know, like the guy who's ahead of him from San Diego State. What's his name? Donnell Pumphrey? Yes. He's first. The competition is not the same. So Jamal Williams is wrecking fools right now. Pumphrey has, I think, about 45, 47 yards more than Jamal Williams through five games. And what's interesting is 
BYU and San Diego State, according to CBS Sports yesterday, are projected to face each other in the Poinsettia Bowl in San Diego. Wouldn't that be fun We're, to watch two of the nation's best running backs go be. head-to-head? We're a ways off from any finality to anything with this season, but the idea of that would be really fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, uh, the saliva glands get going. Uh, when you, That's when you, what happens when, when you think, think about, about that. <laughs> that happens when I think about steak, shrimp, and salmon. <laughs> Not BYU and San Diego State, but okay. Uh, okay, the metaphorical football saliva lands. <laughs> <laughs> Second nationally in total rush yards, 703. He's at over 140 rush yards per game. That's unbelievable. I mean, and that's with a game against UCLA where he had 14 carries for 28 yards? Huh? Wow. 6.45 yards per carry and those eight rushing touchdowns, which we have referenced a couple of times. Okay, Jerem, when you look at the rest of the season and what Jamal Williams has done and how it might alter your expectation for how this team finds success yes. moving forward, where do you go with that idea? BYU is as good as they can rush the ball. It, it hit me like a ton of bricks after this game because in the games where BYU has been able to rush the ball effectively – They've either been in control or been right there, right? The only game where BYU really, really struggled to run the ball, like pathetic, UCLA. BYU has a late touchdown. They were down 17. They made it look closer than it really was. The other games, Arizona, BYU rushed the ball for over 200. They were in control of that game. Then you go to the Utah game. When BYU started the comeback, they were down 13. They were able to rush the ball primarily. Taysom Hill, who ended up with 87. Jamal Williams not used very much in that second half. Then you look at uh, West Virginia. BYU runs for 280. They put up 32 points. That should be enough to win in most cases. And then, of course, with Toledo, BYU rushes for 338. I don't believe that BYU is going to win against these tough opponents with, uh, with, with Taysom Mills' arm and these receivers alone, right? It is a team effort, and I think that if BYU can rush the ball, that it helps the pass game immensely. So Jamal Fence is the key to BYU winning games, and especially this week against Michigan State, because this game is more like UCLA and Utah. BYU has run for 518 yards as a team over the last two games, Mm. highlighted by Jamal Williams. And you talk about things that hit you as like a ton of bricks. For me, Friday night, it became very clear. This is Jamal Williams' team. And I think by default, you generally give it to the quarterback, and you would to a fifth-year senior in Taysom Hill. This is Jamal's team, and he is going to take them on his back, and as he goes, BYU football goes this season. He has taken over as the leader on and off the field. He's the key to opening everything else up in the BYU offense, as you just referenced, Jerem. If BYU can run the ball, it makes it so much easier for Taysom Hill to be effective as a passer and getting outside of the pocket, it just all starts up front with BYU's ability to run the ball. Yeah, I, I think last year's uh, receivers were really good for BYU. I don't think they're as dynamic as last year, although I think they're good. Um, and Taysom Mill is not the same as a runner, and he wants to stay healthy too. So where can you be the most aggressive in this offense? It's with Jamal Williams. And let's, let's uh, acknowledge the offensive line for BYU. We were calling them out a couple weeks ago after the UCLA game saying, hey, they've got to be better, and they have been the last two weeks. Now, West Virginia and Toledo's defenses aren't going to be world beaters per se, but look, you just do what you can against the team in front of you, and I think the last two weeks the offense has shown that if they can run the ball, 
They got a legit shot to put up some points. 32 and now 55 in back-to-back weeks. And again, Michigan State's not going to be like Toledo and West Virginia, more like UCLA and Utah, but I'm excited for the challenge of Jamal Williams and the O-line against this Spartan defense. At Jamal's current average, he is roughly two games away from doing something else that no other BYU rusher has done. Hit it! On his way to BYU football immortality, Jamal Williams is chasing Unga on BYU Sports Nation. Spencer, he's 227 yards away. To me, that's two games. Michigan State and Mississippi State. I hope that it happens... Against Mississippi State. At home. At home. That would be awesome to pass Harvey Unger's record, who, by the way, is a grad assistant on this team. So that would be an unbelievable thing. Jamal, 32-29, chasing Harvey Unger's 34-55. At the end of the season, what will people be saying about Jamal Williams? At T. Bailey 0707 says, first rounder. Wow. Okay. Man, that would be something to have. Running backs don't really go in the first season. A first round NFL draft running back. (laughs) Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, it's another Maddich Monday. Trevor Maddich on where Jamal Williams ranks among the nation's best. This is BYU Sports Nation. Jamal Fence, baby. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation is rolling right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. When you chime in, use the hashtag BYUSN. Third-ranked women's soccer plays San Francisco tonight, a rare Monday night game. Check it out on BYU TV at 7.30 Eastern time, so a little earlier than normal. Come check it out. This team is really good. At the end of the season, what will people be saying about BYU football's Jamal Williams? That is our Twitter question today. At JNails21 says, best BYU running back of all time, first day NFL draft pick. That's quite the statement. I, I think in a future day in this season, we should have that discussion. Where does Jamal Williams fit? Where will he fit when all is said and done? I have a strong opinion about that, but I'll save it until we have that conversation. Joining us now, ESPN college football expert, insider, and BYU national champion Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. How was your weekend? Oh, boring. Nothing much happened. <laughs> besides the 108 points that BYU and Toledo put up, right? Yeah, just besides the points that I had a full head of hair before the weekend, and now I'm completely bald because <laughs> I ripped out all my hair and the rest of it fell out. Now, I mean, what, a, what an amazing, exciting, fantastic finish weekend this was. I mean, so many games, including BYU, came down to the wire in, in huge games. It was, it was crazy. Did this remind you of the old whack, which you played in? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. You bet. I mean, you get scores in the 50s. I mean, first one, first one to 50 doesn't necessarily win, which is what happened here in, in the Toledo game. And that's the way it used to be. I mean, we used to have good defenses. The problem is the offenses were really good, too. And we ended up with these kinds of shootouts. And so that's a lot of fun for fans. I think that, that hurts fans for baseball, right? Then, wow, the score is 2 to 3. Hmm. <laughs> you know, how about 62 to 63? <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Maddich with us from ESPN. After five games, in your opinion, has the BYU offense officially woken up? No, but it is stirring. Uh, it's stirring. I mean, the, the running game was phenomenal, clearly, with Jamal Williams. Uh, they were going against a smaller defensive front. And you've got to give a lot of credit to some of those backup BYU offensive linemen that have been pressed into duty before they're really ready. 
and, and the job that they did to open those holes against Toledo. I think there's progress there. There's progress in the passing game, but there's still more that needs to be done. I mean, in, in a day when they, their run-to-pass ratio, BYU's now, was about 2-1, to one, twice as many runs as passes. Taysom only had a 52% completion percentage, and that, that needs to improve. So we're seeing stirrings. We're seeing some throws that he's making. We're seeing plays that the wide receivers are making. We're seeing the, the offensive line stay on their feet a little better. But I think what we see is progress now, and I, I don't know that it's fair to the players to say, okay, they're back, and then judge them on that basis. So we have the offense the last two weeks. They go, what, 32 points and then 55. And then the last two weeks, defensively, BYU has given up 35 and now 53. Your thoughts on maybe the reversal there? Well, I don't know that that's that much of a reversal. I think that they faced two phenomenal offenses. I mean phenomenal. Logan Woodside of Toledo hadn't been sacked coming into the BYU game. He's one of the most effective quarterbacks in the country. A lot of weapons in the same way with West Virginia. I mean, they they play a lot of outstanding offense, and, and both teams have NFL guys on the offensive side. So that's part of it. Another part of it is that after the grinding start, BYU's lost some guys. I mean, there's injuries on the defense that they're having to deal with that matter. And BYU right now isn't in the, in the place in their recruiting that they have enough depth that it's not going to be a clear drop-off, especially in the secondary. Those things matter as well. I think it's better to look at the BYU defense from the plays that they did make rather than the ones that they didn't make. Because some of those young guys, especially in the secondary, especially freshmen, did a phenomenal job of making a couple of plays when they absolutely had to. And I think that's, that's a good start. I wouldn't look at the raw numbers and be down on the BYU defense. They're, they're fighting and giving everything they've got plus. BYU did create two turnovers, which they turned into 14 points, and that has not been the topic of conversation for the Cougars this season, and that really was the difference. That was obviously good. Jamal Williams was obviously out of this world good. But what was the most impressive thing that you saw from BYU football on Friday night? What I saw was they had every opportunity to be tired, worn down from the start of the season, dispirited because they had lost three games by a field goal or less. And when Toledo came back and, and was just playing lights out in the second half especially. There was every opportunity to, to not quit, but to, to be dispirited. And when you're dispirited, you don't make plays. Well, that's when they did make plays on both sides of the ball. I had special teams, by the way. And so I, what impressed me the most was their character. I mean, it, it is clear the way these guys play that they, they love each other as teammates, that they love their coaching staff, and they're playing hard for each other, and, and that's huge because whatever the record ends up being, that's a, a culture that will carry forward, and it's a hard culture to fix if you don't have it. So that's the thing that impressed me the most. Jamal Williams sets a BYU single-game rushing record with 286 rush yards, ties a single-game record with five TDs. What did you think of the record-setting performance from Jamal Williams? Man, I thought I was watching Jim Brown in 1970, whatever it was. I mean, seriously, he, he finished runs with violence. And it was a, there was a joy in the violence that he inflicted on defenders, and I love that. When you look at some of the best Alabama running backs, LSU running backs of recent years, you would see them at the end of a run where their journey is over. They're surrounded by defenders. They are maybe pinned into the sideline. So they know they're not going much farther you'll see them identify 
a defender and inflict punishment on that guy while the rest of the defenders are, are tackling you. And you don't do it just because uh, you're told to. You do it because you like it. And that creates a mindset, not just from a standpoint of the infectiousness of it with your own offense, but the defense starts to hate having to stand in front of you because they know it's going to hurt, especially in the fourth quarter. And the, the, the joyful infliction of violence on tacklers is the thing that really stood out to me the most about Jamal Williams. Let's ask you today's Twitter question, Trevor. At the end of the season, what will people be saying about Jamal Williams? Oh, he's the, he's the greatest running back of all time at BYU, and they should. BYU has had some fantastic running backs. I mean, really excellent running backs, guys that went on to the NFL. But when you talk about a complete running back that opposing teams know they have to stop and they still can't as a runner and as a receiver, I don't think there's anybody better that I've ever seen at BYU than, than Jamal. Uh, and it's not just a matter of being a little guy who can get out into space and make guys miss. When he's got to make his own hole because the blocking's not there, he'll drive through and turn what should be a one-yard gain into a three-yard gain. And that's huge, especially in this kind of offense where managing the chains is important. Then, on top of that, the fact that he's got an infectious, positive personality that, that bleeds over into the rest of the team, uh, I think is an important thing because off the field, you need guys like Jamal Williams because everybody else takes a cue from him. Everybody else looks at him and decides when, whether they should be happy or sad, whether they should be frustrated with the season or hopeful at what could be. And Jamal Williams brings all of those things on and off the field. And because of that, uh, if, if he's not the greatest running back of all time at BYU, then he's in a very, very, very short list. Number two in the country in rushing yards right now with 703, top five in touchdowns with his eight. Where does he rank among the nation's top running backs? One of the very best. Uh, right now, he'd be starting at Alabama, for example. Alabama, has, they won the Heisman Trophy last year with Derrick Henry. They've got some very talented players over there. But their top two running backs are guys that really don't have the entire skill set that Jamal Williams does. And so I think that uh, if, if he were at Alabama right now, he would be their workhorse starting back. That's how good he is, and he's wearing blue and white at BYU. It's fantastic for BYU fans. That's quite the statement, and now BYU has the challenge of going at Michigan State. Malik McDowell had a targeting uh, call, big defensive lineman for the Spartans, so he'll miss the first half. BYU struggled to run the ball against uh, good defensive lines with Utah and UCLA. What do you think of this matchup between BYU and Michigan State Saturday? Well, it's a tough matchup. Michigan State's on, on the ropes. Wisconsin manhandled them. I mean manhandled them. And that's not something that happens to Michigan State a couple of weeks ago. Then they lose to Indiana. So they'll come back wounded. And this is not a team that gets down. This is a team that fights back. And so BYU had better be ready for a frenzy from Michigan State. Now, Malik McDowell not being there in the first half is an opportunity that they need to take care of. But to win this game, it comes back to what we've talked about really for the last two years. Michigan State, top to bottom, has... Uh, has great talent and more depth than BYU. BYU's got good talent, but their depth I don't think is as good as Michigan State's at this stage in the first year of a new coaching staff with new systems that they're recruiting to. 
So BYU, first of all, will need to take advantage of McDowell being out because he's, he's a first-round draft choice uh, when he comes out in the draft. The second thing they'll need to do is have the receivers, and this is what I mean when I say we've talked about this. The receivers will need to bear down and play their position like Jamal Williams plays his. They'll need to play with violence. Now, that doesn't mean they need to smash into people. But that means that when the ball is coming towards them, they need to go after that ball and attack it going forward with violence. There will be defensive backs between them and the ball. They need to fight through those defensive backs. There will be defenders' hands up in front of them trying to bat it away or intercept it. They need to fight through that defender's hands with their hands in a violent way. The, the receivers need to be the baddest dudes on the block if BYU is going to have to have a chance to beat Michigan State. BYU at Michigan State, Saturday, 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain Time. We're with ESPN's Trevor Maddich, and we will go with a national perspective now, Trevor. Louisville-Clemson was an all-time classic about 24 hours after BYU and Toledo put up 108 points. What are your thoughts on that epic showdown that capped off an incredible weekend of college football? Well, it was a question is whether or not Lamar Jackson, the Louisville quarterback, could go on the road as his first big road test against one of the best defenses in the country and continue what he's done uh, in the beginning of the season. And the answer is absolutely. I was impressed with him because he didn't just go out there and try to make big plays and then get frustrated when the big plays weren't there. As a matter of fact, early in the game, no plays were there. Clemson's defense clamped down on him. But what he did was show that he's making the transition from an athlete to a quarterback with great success. Because when Clemson's defense was having the best of him, he was managing situations. He was not forcing the ball into coverage and doing things that would cause the big mistake to occur. And let the game come to him. Let the big plays come to him instead of forcing them. That's what a patient, veteran, experienced quarterback does. And so I think the future for Louisville is bright. Now, when you look at the national picture, this puts the ACC in a position to have a good argument to have two teams in the playoff. If Clemson and Louisville both went out now, then Louisville will be a one-loss non-conference champion with a win over Houston because the win out will have to beat Houston later in the season. And their only loss being on the road, a tight one, that they were one yard away from having a chance to, to go in for the winning touchdown at the very end of the game. And so this is a scenario that the, that the committee will look at and say that Louisville, even though they didn't win their own division, if it turns out that way, might still be one of the best four teams in the country. Trevor, great stuff. As an analyst, you'd be starting at Alabama, my friend. Oh, I appreciate that. That's high praise. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be in the huddle with Jamal. Sounds good, my friend. Thanks for the time. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Wow, what kind of – I mean, the compliments that he That's tossed out for statement. Jamal Williams. Yeah. He would start at Alabama. Like, huh? Wow. That, that means he'd be a Heisman contender, which he's not – in the conversation, really, right now. Here's the exciting part. We're just five games into this, okay? So if Jamal Williams can sustain some kind of success like this on the ground, he's got an opportunity to make some noise. Like, being a Doak Walker finalist, I think, would be an unbelievable thing for him. And is he capable? Absolutely. And this offensive line is playing better. During the commercial break, I'm going to look at some of the numbers of the Doak Walker Award finalists from last year. To kind of gauge what also kind of numbers, where they played. yeah, what kind of How many numbers? How non-power five are in the conversation? 
that Jamal Williams would have to garner to rack up to be legitimately considered for something like that. He must garner a lot. That's one of your favorite words, isn't it? It's a great verb. It's a great verb. Garner it, man! (laughs) Garner Meads. Sorry. (laughs) Brighton High School beat you in the state title game 2000. At the end of the season, what will people be saying about Jamal Williams at Connor Crandall, too? That he is a Heisman winner. That's right. Bank on it. Yeah, I need the Cyclops ones for those. Jeez. <laughs> oh, now Put I on see the it. goggles. I see it. Coming up, head coach Kalani Satake recaps Friday's game. What was the craziest thing he saw? Was it Jamal's performance? Stay with us. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Sports friends, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Hey, today is the weekly press conference for head coach Kalani Satake and select players. We will bring that to you live on Facebook.com slash Sports coming up in about an hour and a half at 1 p.m. Eastern time. If you missed everything that happened across BYU Sports Nation over the weekend, fear not. Here are your headlines today. BYU football survived Toledo 55-53. Hello. A shootout game Friday night. Red Almond with the game-winning 19-yard field goal as time expired. The Cougars now 2-3 and three on the season. Next up, Michigan State in East Lansing on Saturday, 3.30 Eastern on ABC or ESPN2. Jamal Williams set the BYU all-time single-game rushing record. How about that? With 286 yards and five touchdowns against Toledo. Unbelievable. J- Jimmer Fredette was back on an NBA floor last night. With the Shanghai Sharks, he scored 33 points, had eight rebounds and eight assists in an exhibition against the Houston Rockets, including a half-court buzzer beater at the end of the third quarter. For the third quarter win. And third-ranked women's soccer takes on San Francisco tonight, a rare Monday game. It's on BYU TV, 7.30 Eastern time at Southfield. And BYU Radio, by the way. There you go. It goes without saying that the first five games of the BYU football season have been a roller coaster ride for first year head coach Kalani Satake, his staff, and this entire BYU team. We will begin there with the head coach of the BYU Cougars. Here is our Saturday interview with Kalani Satake in the pre conference special. How many years of your life have you lost in the first five weeks of your first season as a head coach? I mean, September has been a really uh, hard month when it comes to, uh, you know, your, your, your heart rate. But um, a lot of fun, a lot of good things. But obviously, we'd like to be in a better position than two and three. But um, we can get a lot better and make more improvement with the win, uh, making adjustments. And so uh, we're looking forward to building uh, from this last game and, and uh, have it carry over to Michigan State. What's what's a game like last night like? Because you're excited that you won. You're excited that you score 55. You're excited that you win in dramatic fashion. But you give up 53. Mm-hmm. So what, what's that like for you? Well, frustrating being a, a former defense coordinator. But we have a great coaching staff on the defensive side. And we have great talent defensively. Um, it, it was one of those nights where uh, one mistake cost us over and over and over again. And it wasn't just one person. It was, uh, you know, you have to get a lot of credit to Toledo. They, they made some great adjustments, and they were able to capitalize on some mistakes that we made. But we need all 11 guys to do their job. When, when our defense is um, 11 strong, meaning everyone's doing their job, uh, we're really difficult to beat. And, and uh, that didn't happen enough last night. But the effort and the guys worked hard. We just uh, need to be a lot cleaner as a defensive unit. In terms of the offenses that you have played against this season, Arizona, Utah, UCLA, West Virginia, and now Toledo. What is the best offense that this BYU defense has faced this year? 
Well, I mean, if you're looking at points and just uh, production, obviously Toledo's up there. But um, we, we didn't really do our best when it came to our defensive assignments. And uh, it was a little sloppy at times, you know, just uh, keeping it as, as real as we as we can. But You always do. We appreciate that. Well, I mean, yeah, just... Uh, I just think that our our, our guys, um, you know, there, there's a little bit of freelancing there. But uh, whenever we were, we were able to disrupt the quarterback, we caused turnovers, two picks. And so, um, obviously, if we we, we able to do – everyone does their 111th, I think great things can happen from this game. And I think that the two turnovers were the key. You mentioned uh, the desire to, you know, get a lead and keep a lead right in a game. Yet, are you comfortable in crisis at the end of a game at this point since the five games have played out the way they have? Yeah, of course. I mean, it seems like that's just what this team is made of, you know. Um, uh, once they got the two-point conversion off of a fluke play, uh, you, you should have been on the sidelines hearing what the offense was talking about. It was beautiful. You know, just we got this. It was uh, it just they're used to having the ball in their hands and an opportunity to, to get a win and uh, just happened that way and, and having the crowd behind us. Uh, and the entire night was was unbelievable. I saw one eleven on the clock, and you had all three t- uh, timeouts left. I thought that's way too much time. Did you feel the same way at that point? Yeah, I mean the game went on past midnight, so I mean it, it just seemed like nobody left until two a.m. here from the stadium. But <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like when we have over a minute left and three timeouts, and we're in a good position. All five games decided by three points or less. But like you said. Learning in a win is obviously better, and you have to go to Michigan State next week. So how long can you revel in a win like this, an instant classic where your offense shows up big time before you really start hitting the ground and, and trying to turn it to Michigan State? We've just been really pleased with how the offense has come along this last two games and obviously really happy with how the defense has played the first three. So um, let's put together a complete game, and then we'll have a great chance of uh, success in, in Lansing, Michigan. But... Uh, you know, our guys are excited to get better. And uh, like I said before, we haven't put together a complete game yet as a team. And so we're looking forward to that. We've had we've had consistency in our special teams, which I'm really grateful for. But, um, you know, being able to go on the road and uh, it, it's now the time for our offense and defense to put it together. Jamal Williams has this record-breaking night. And it was evident early on that he was in the zone. What What's it like for you on the sideline to see him have a game like that? Well, that was awesome. I remember being younger and watching uh, Marshall Flock do the same thing. Uh, I think that game ended up in a tie, you know, and so this one was a little bit reversed where our running game was a lot stronger, and, and to have that type of night for Jamal was was awesome to watch, you know. Um, I, I think I think you talk to Jamal, and he'll tell you that it's not him. I mean, you, you saw some of the holes that were out there in the blocking, and from all, all ten guys on the field, from receivers, tight ends, fullbacks, and definitely O-line, they did a great job. But it, it was really nice to see Jamal do what he did last night, and that's when he's at his best. Now, I heard that when he broke the record, and speaking of giving credit to his teammates, he went and shook every hand of the offensive line and uh, thanked them for what they were doing and gave them props. So that's in accordance with what you were saying. He He's very quick to point out that this is a team game. He's a unique personality, and it's fun to watch. And, uh, you know, selfishly, I'm like, Does, can he stay another year after this year? <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's, he's, he's exactly what our seniors are all about, you know, the leadership and, and the, the closeness of this, this group. Um, it's been really impressive to watch and, and uh, having them own the team. Uh, as a head coach, you, you love it when guys take over the team and, and when they're about their, their teammates before themselves. And 
Um, you know, he was really excited when Squally scored his touchdown. I mean, that, that the sideline was more excited when, when he scored. It's kind of like they've been used to Jamal scoring, but it was nice to see Squally get in the, in the end zone. Um, they were getting excited when tight ends were catching the ball and the fullbacks, you know, when Braden caught the ball and ran over some people. I mean, um, this is a close group. I've said it before, and uh, and the closeness and the the brotherhood and the family atmosphere is going to going to pull us through in these games. It obviously did last night, and hopefully it carries on to the next game. Uh, Jamal Williams, before all the games played today, is actually leading the country in, in total rushing yards, which is pretty cool. And someone on Twitter called it the Jamal fence. What do you think of that? <laughs> well, we, we have to get some defense going to help him out. But yeah, we, we don't want to have to re- rely on always uh, you know, the offense scoring 55 points. And Coach Tuyaki and, and the, the defense coaching staff, they're, they're aware of it. And the players on defense – um, they know they want to get better and, and help us win games, uh, so it doesn't have to come close like this every week, you know. But uh, we're looking forward to them getting it cleaned up and and uh, making some adjustments, and we'll be fine. I was impressed with the way that Taysom Hill specifically bounced back uh, as a thrower after a rough first half. Three of eleven, of course, the explosive play to open the game, seventy-five yard touchdown bomb to Jonah Trineman, but. He was slowed after that. Seven of eight in the second half, including a couple of dimes to the tight ends and that one to Colby Pearson uh, on the final drive. It just seems like in that moment this season, he his he goes to this this next level. And and uh, so I don't know what what do you think about what he is doing late in games as your senior quarterback? I think this is the drive that he has to win games, you know. But um, I I know the first half was a little rough with uh, the throwing game, but um, you know, he came along. The thing that he does that a lot of people don't don't understand is the adjustments that he makes on on the field um, before the play. You know, he he he'll change a pass play to a run, and he'll change the type of run play even so we can get our offense set. And and that's what Ty's done with the quarterback position, giving them the freedom to to make some adjustments and call some audibles on line of scrimmage. And he does that quite a bit. And uh, the guy that benefits the most from it is that guy right there, Jamal. You know, and and the run game. So, uh, Taysom's not. As I mentioned before Jamal's about the team. Taysom's the same thing. And um, you know, when he, when he's needing to throw the ball, he he comes through. So, uh, you know, he, he's he's just a great manage, manager of the whole game and 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 of the, of the offense. And it's a I love watching it. Kalani uh, Parker Daw last week on Countdown to Kickoff mentioned the desire for. Some kind of reward, you know, when the offense does something good. He wants to look over <laughs> the sideline and he wants like a, like a Twinkie, he said. Um, yet, he said he's only being, being given water. Um, after the last two games, should he be given more than water? <laughs> I don't know if Twinkies are, are the way to go. but <laughs> <laughs> That's what he asked for. That's what he asked for. Then we're going to have to give the big uglies what they want. I mean, I, I love the O-line and I know Jamal and them do it, but... They love them too. So we'll have to, if they want Twinkies, Twinkies is what they get. Hey, hey, that's that's a player's <laughs> coach right there, man. Right? Let's get up. Parker Dawson. <laughs> there's, a, there's a limit, though. You can't have. It's not like all you can eat buffet of Twinkies. It's not going to help us. <laughs> you have to adjust all the offensive line weight numbers midway. Nobody is. <laughs> yeah, happier you wanted them bigger, but than, not like that. Yeah, than Parker yeah. Daw. No one's happier than Parker Daw right now. Yeah. Yeah. we're going to clip this off, and we're going to send this to him. He's this in his pajamas, his making. Twinkie bacon <laughs> sausage right now, man. Yeah. No, we want <laughs> we want Parker to be healthy. 
Happy and wise. Exactly. <laughs> Kalani Satake, the head football coach of BYU, with us on BYU Sports Nation special Saturday edition of the show following a 55 52, or excuse 55 53. There were so many win. points, we can't remember I the score. I don't know. Yeah. BYU won. That's what matters the most, <laughs> right? For the BYU fans and the coaches. Coach, uh, do you plan on playing a game that will be determined by more than three points this season? Um, yeah, if we're on the winning side of it, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, so um, whatever it takes to win, I know it's a, it's a, it's entertaining. It, but uh, once again, I, I'll go back to what I said earlier. We just if we can put a complete game on both sides, I think we'll be really successful and and, and uh, get a lot of victories that way. So yeah. What have you learned about your team through the first five games? Oh, they just they have heart and and. Um, there's no quitting in, in, on this team. I mean, if there's a second left on the clock, they're going to play uh, to to that thing says zero. You know, so I've been really proud of of these guys and the work ethic that they have. And, and to be honest with you, I, I have to give a lot of credit to Coach Mendenhall and, and his staff for establishing that identity and, and, and that foundation that we were able to build on and the senior leadership's taken over. And so... There's a lot of great things that have happened here uh, throughout the years, and, and uh, hopefully we can continue that tradition. What's on the agenda for your guys over the next few days after a crazy game like that in terms of recovery and just getting ready for, for the rest of the games and, and notably Michigan State? Well, we have some guys that are banged up a little bit that would have helped you know, having them in the game uh, defensively, for example. I know Butch and, and, and uh, having Butch Pau and Troy Warner would have, would have been helpful for us. and. Getting Micah Hanneman a little bit healthier for next week will, will be helpful too, and and Travis Tuiloma, same thing. So, health wise, um, you know we're looking forward to our guys getting better and and, and trying to have uh, all of our guys when we get into the game time and, and be able to rely on them. So, uh, when you're going against great offenses, especially the teams that Temple, you you have to you know you have to use more than just eleven guys, and and um, you know we we need to the, the the game and the seasons hurt our depth a little bit, so. And it's testing it. I thought Pulsifer came in, did some great things, and Heater did some great things on the defensive side. You know, or, um, basically, you know, taking over for Butch. But uh, it would be good to have Butch and everyone else involved. So yeah, health is the issue here. Let's end with this: Is a game-winning field goal in a shootout like that? Are you more excited or relieved at the end of the game? Well, I, I, I mean, I'm a fan, so it was, it was an enter- entertaining. But then the coaching part hits in, and you. You want to get things fixed, and you want to make sure you play better, you know. So, um, yeah, coaching has taken over the fan part a little bit more, uh, especially after the game and, and reviewing it. But the fan part is just really excited that we won and relieved. So I guess all of it put together. And then <laughs> just looking forward to just relaxing and watching conference for a little bit. <laughs> Does the fan part come out during the games, by the way? A little bit, especially when the refs don't get the call right. So. <laughs> like a fourth and four where a guy oh, steps out of bounds yeah. or anything? Oh. I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I had to, I had to say that one of the refs got hurt, and so they went from an eight-man crew to a seven-man crew. That's true, and it was early, right? So I guess they can use the excuse that that ref that was hurt was the one that would usually catch that one, and the phantom holds that didn't get called and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm, my job isn't to critique the the, the 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 refs. You know they do a great job, and and um, I thought it was a fair game. But that one play was just one that uh, it was it was right in front of me. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't have probably said anything about it. Hey, when look <laughs> and demonstrated with your you took your cap off. You, I uh, did. It wasn't it wasn't a gentleman. It was not a gentleman's type of tip. I took it off to tell him that's what you're supposed to do when the guy steps out of bounds. But I don't know. I. <laughs> 
I could be a ref if, if this doesn't work out, I guess. <laughs> Kalani Satake, the head football coach on BYU Sports Nation, part of our Saturday special. So much there. Oh, my goodness. But let's just go with this tweet from at P.54, Parker Dahl. In response to the Twinkies, I'll have to hold him up to that. This is hilarious. <laughs> of course it is. Twinkie strike again. There's no Twinkie buffet, okay? Up next, our going for two results following BYU's win over Toledo. Jerem got one right. The next little surprise, man. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. If you miss an episode of the show live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting sharply at 6 p.m. Eastern. Tomorrow night on After Further Review at 7 p.m. Eastern time, Blaine, Dave, David, and Brian have 100 points, 8 points, uh, worth the breakdown on After Further Review and get set for another big game for the Cougars at Sparty, Michigan State, on the banks of the Red Cedar. Check it out tomorrow night, 7 Eastern. You've done your homework, my friend. I'm ready to rock, man. Our Twitter question, at the end of the season, what will people be saying about BYU football's Jamal Williams? At Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94 says, up there with Luke Staley. His career record won't be touched for a long time. The most swag in BYU history. Now that last part is amazing. I love that tweet. The most swag in BYU history. So much swag. Nobody will ever touch that. By the way, the three Doak Walker Award finalists from last year. Christian McCaffrey of Stanford, Derrick Henry, the Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama, and Leonard Fournette of LSU. Let's just say it would be hard to be a finalist. Two two of those guys are back this year. Granted, McCaffrey's off to a, a slower start for what he did last year, and Fournette has been banged up a little bit with an LSU team that's didn't even play on not doing what people expected them to do. Yeah, he didn't play Saturday. So maybe there's a window. I don't know. Yeah. Year to year, it's very Here, different. Here's a nice thing. We're only five games in. So, so to declare, this is going to happen. Five games in. Things changed. Time to be held accountable, Jerem, for our predictions on Friday as we go for two. Can you predict the future? These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Yeah. So we did this Saturday morning, and we have to do it again, which is just painful. <laughs> for you. <laughs> My number one <laughs> prediction on going for two was BYU would have their first 100-plus yard receiver of the season. Jonah Trinaman had yeah. 75 yards on the first play from scrimmage. How does he not have 25 more yards? What? I'm fist bumping Brian and Dave. Like, yeah, know, let's I go, know. man. I, I know. I was like, oh, Smith is going to nope. get that one. And number let's... two, BYU will hold Toledo under 400 yards of total offense in the first half. <laughs> you didn't say first half. <laughs> For the game! 692! Oh my goodness. And BYU the, won, but BYU won that game. They won and gave up 692. Okay, I said BYU won by 11 plus. Mm. Get a stop! BYU won by 2. I'm 2 and 0 when I call for 11 or 17 plus. In dramatic fashion, no I mean, less. BYU is 2 and no, yeah, I'm not yeah, 2 and yeah. uh, And then number 2, BYU will rush for 200 plus. Yay! They ran for 368. In fact, Jamal Williams ran for 286 himself. So I got that one. So now we are tied at 3 and 7 for the season. I am back! Our Twitter question... Like Texas football! Joe Tessitore told me that! Nope. (laughs) At the end of the season, what will people be saying about Jamal Williams? Hey, I've got a soccer call tonight, and i got to do some preparation with Mac Brown, so I'm I'm just going to... No, you're not! I'm going to take off for a (laughs) second. Hey, hey, awkward hug. Have a good show, man. Hey, 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 we'll see ya. See ya, CJ. Do you remember when Mac Brown just left like that? Are you serious? Where's my sideline reporter? He's, he walked out of the studio!
Coming up, the Cougar Whip Around on BYU Sports Nation. I'm like Adam Amin. I'll take us home, baby! BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. You didn't have a sideline reporter to help you out, so I decided to come back. You're back, Mac. Yes. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Taysom Hill. And BYU beat Toledo 55-53 in a wild shootout game Friday night. Rhett Allman kicked the game-winning 19-yard field goal as time expired to lift the Cougars to 2-3 on the season. Next up, Michigan State this Saturday. Jamal Williams set a BYU single-game rushing record of 286 yards, five touchdowns, that tied a record, against Toledo. He's now second in rushing yards in the country, third in rushing yards per game, and tied for third in rushing touchdowns. And this just in, Red Allman is named one of the Lou Groza Award Stars of the Week. He made two field goals and all seven PATs on Friday, including that 19-yard game winner. Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Van Noy had a career-high seven tackles for the Detroit Lions against the Chicago Bears. Daniel Sorensen, five tackles and a tackle for loss and a Chiefs loss to the Steelers. Dennis Pitta, three catches, 17 yards for the Ravens against the Raiders. Jimmer! Fredette had 33 points, eight rebounds, eight assists last night for the Shanghai Sharks in an exhibition game against the Houston Rockets. He hit a half-court buzzer beater at the end of the third quarter. Cougars in the association. Big rush of five. Kyle Collinsworth had three rebounds and an assist and a block for the Dallas Mavericks this weekend during the NBA preseason. Soccer. Third-ranked Cougars. Big game tonight against San Francisco in conference at Southfield at 7.30 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Volleyball. Fell to number six San Diego in straight sets, though they were competitive in sets two and three. They'll do it again in Provo. That's going to be an epic match. Swimming and diving. The women's team beat uh, Oregon State. Take that, Zach Nyborg, 178-83. to Tennis. Women's tennis competed at the Cal Nike Invitational over the weekend. The men's tennis team in Tulsa, Oklahoma this week for the USTA slash ITA All-American. Golf. Men's golf team is playing in the Nick Watney Invitational in Fresno, California to start off the week. The women's team beat Idaho and Eastern Washington in the first two rounds of Gonzaga match play. They're playing Gonzaga right now. Gonzaga's one up in one match. The other five are all squared. Future guests include Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, national champion quarterback at BYU, Brian Logan, BYU assistant cross-country and distant coach Diljeet Taylor. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Jaren? Goes to Bob Bowlesby and Jamal Williams, who had a BYU single-game rushing record, 286 yards, and tied for five touchdowns. At the end of the season, what will people be saying about Jamal Williams? That Melocopter says that he's got a shot at Heisman or the Doak Walker Award with a goat gif. Nice. Greatest of all time, goat. Blue goggles. (laughs) Our elite tweet of the day, at Devere G. May. Why didn't we hashtag feed Jamal the ball more? Feed Jamal! Twinkies! Give him 300? Thanks, Trevor Maddich, Glenn Stocky, and everyone on the crew. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. Or Stitcher. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Chris Casper, BYU Sports Nation. Back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. We'll see you tonight for women's soccer against San Francisco. Jamal Fence!